tonight I just want to uh, share a, a little quick word with you, and I hope it will uh, encourage you. Um, uh, it encouraged me, and um, just want to um, just pray for God's blessing on tonight. Can we do that? Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit to speak to us, to use this time, Lord, to get to know you a little bit better. And so, Father, I pray a sweet, sweet presence be cast in this auditorium and even online. That, Lord, that there would be something, something that is said that comes from the throne room of grace that would help us and change us to be more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. How many of you know that life is filled with a lot of questions? Right? Who should I marry? What job should I take? What iPhone should I buy? By the way, if you have an iPhone 5, it's time. It's time. Which church should I attend? These are important questions, aren't they? And then you have the inevitable why is it when you go to a sandwich shop, you just say, I want a turkey sandwich? Would you want oven roasted? Do you want Cajun? Or do you want honey roasted turkey? I just want turkey. What kind of bread do you want? I just want a turkey sandwich with some bread. Can you do that for me? Well, sir, we have 13 styles of bread. And then we hit the cheese. And it doesn't stop there. You got 17 different types of lettuce. You've got sliced pickles. You've got dill pickles. You've got chopped pickles. Could you just give me a turkey sandwich? You know what I'm saying? I think life has a lot of, a lot of questions, too many questions. But one of the biggest questions that we face as Christians is this. Do we choose the crowd or do we choose the Christ? You see, when we become born again, we all hit the crossroad of this. Do we choose the crowd way or do we choose the Christ way? And I have to let you know that there's conflict that arises between these two concepts. Because even Jesus said in Matthew, he said, no one can serve two masters. And I just want to encourage you tonight that he even put this before his disciples. They were good, well-meaning people. But he said, you know what? If you follow me, it's going to be a little tough. There's going to be some difficulties. There's going to be some persecution. It's going to be quite uncomfortable. Or you can take the easy way out and follow the crowd. And I'd like to share with you an example of what following the crowd looks like. It's found in 1 Samuel, and I just want to set and give you some backstory. It involves the prophet Samuel. 
Here's a young man who rose up to be one of the judges. This was before the kings came on the scene in Israel. And he was used mightily by God. And what had happened is he had two sons. And he kind of promoted them to judges. Turns out that they weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. And the people, the Israelites, got a little upset with him. And they said, hey, we want a king over us. And so Samuel went before the Lord. And he was a little upset. And the Lord said, look. I I can give them a king, but you need to give them a warning that life is not going to be like the life that they know now. Scripture says that. They're going to take your sons into the military. They're going to become commanders. They're going to be fighters. They're going to be in the chariots. They won't be at home. Lord said, warn them that their daughters are going to be taken. They're going to be cooks. They're going to be bakers. They're going to be what's called perfumers. They're going to take your land, the best of the fields. They're going to disrupt your life. He said, I want you to tell them about this warning. Life is going to be different. In fact, some of the people in your family are going to become slaves. Even after breaking them out of bondage in Egypt, feeding them day and night, Allowing them to enter into the promised land. Samuel warns them. And we pick up in verse 18 of chapter 8. But the people refused to listen to Samuel. They said, no, they said, we want a king over us. And here's verse 20. Then we will be like all the other nations with a king to lead us and to go out before us and to fight our battles. See, they said, We want to be like everybody else. They chose the crowd. Isn't that interesting? They didn't heed the warning. And so tonight, what I'd like to do is just spend a few moments. It's not going to be a long message at all. In fact, you're probably going to get out a little early. Praise God. Somebody said that, right? But I, I want to do it in a way, in fact, I have, it's going to be in, 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 a, in columns, in, t- in a table form. And I actually have some extra copies. If you want some after service, you can come get some. But I think it's good to, to know what the difference is if you're choosing the crowd or you're choosing Christ. Can we do that? And so here we go. It's called choosing the crowd or Christ. And it starts with choosing the crowd. If you choose the crowd, I want to let you know that It's compromise-driven. Amen? You see, compromise is measured by alignment. When we've got to decide between the crowd or decide about Christ, and we go with the crowd, what happens is is that our values become compromised. Amen? Are you following with me? And they, they become aligned with the crowd's alignment. And it doesn't take much. It could be one conversation at work. 
It could be one dinner party that you go to, and the next thing you know, you've fallen into the trap of compromise. It's when our values, our integrity, our characteristics, right? Our character, our nature becomes compromised, and the next thing you know, we're doing things that we normally don't do because we're following the crowd. Remember, we want to be like all the other nations, right? We want to be like our neighbors. We want to be like our co-workers. And let me just tell you, it's dangerous territory when we begin to compromise. On the other side of the coin, if we choose Christ, it's faith-driven. You see, faith is measured by your footsteps. Amen? It's measured by your actions. It's measured by putting one foot in front of the other. It's about having faith. A great example would be prayer and fasting in about two weeks. It starts Monday, January 3rd. You see, faith-driven would be your footsteps to come to maybe one of the prayer meetings. By the way, it's going to be noon and 6.30 every day. Monday through Saturday. Sunday we have service and then we do it again the second week and then we repeat for the third week. It's about faith in action. You say, Rob, I don't know how to pray. Great example. Today, Michelle and I were reading in Samuel, 2 Samuel. And I saw three words that really kind of like stood out to me. And it says David's last words. And all of a sudden, he's echoing his sentiments about the Lord. And he's describing the Lord with all of these words. And then he says, you are the rock of Israel. What you can do in your prayer life, if you don't know how to pray, is you can turn that around and make it into a prayer. Lord, you are my rock. You are the rock of my family. You're the rock of my job. You, you know what I'm saying? That's what faith is. It's about moving forward. We just sang, he's the king of glory, right? You can use that in your prayer time. Faith is about taking your Bible. Oh, Rob, I don't read the Bible. Well, just take a Bible that you feel comfortable with, a version that you feel comfortable with, and just begin somewhere. Begin in the beginning. In the beginning, God created, right? And just take a, a, a step forward with your faith. You see, when we choose Christ, we say we don't want to be like the crowd. We want to be a little different. And that's when, when you, when your faith is driven by your, your footsteps and it's measured by your footsteps, what happens is you begin to grow. How many of you want to grow in your relationship with the Lord? Let me ask you, are you just satisfied where you are? I'm not. I want to know what it is to be a better husband, to be a better friend, to be a better servant of the Lord. And today I learned something. I've never seen it say rock of Israel. Lord, you are the rock of Israel. I've never seen that. I'm going to remember that for a very long time. And so you can turn your faith into a prayer. You can, faith is about coming to church. It's about worshiping. It's about lifting your hands. In fact, do me a favor right now. Just, just lift your hands. Let me see. 
Can everybody lift your hands? Okay. Come on, people. A little higher. You got, you put deodorant on, didn't you? You see, that's faith when, when you step out and lift your hands to the Holy One during worship. Amen. It's about just taking just a few steps more than what you did when you first came in. Maybe it's going read what I just mentioned, 1 Samuel chapter 8, about that story. What you hear on a Sunday? Pastor Brandon did a beautiful job of the last two Sundays about the seven prophecies of Christ and the birth. It's about taking that and just taking your faith a little bit more and a little bit more. Or here's a good one. You got somebody at work that's not feeling well. And you say, um, can, 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 can I pray for you? That's faith in action. Amen. It's about taking one step and doing another step and doing another step and doing another step. Here's another one. Get in a Bible study. Get in a life group. Amen? It's about doing life together in community and learning and growing. Let me give you another one. Next steps. Let me, let me just see by hands how many of you have taken next steps. If you have not taken next steps, I'm coming to your house on Sunday and I'm dragging you out and I'm going to bring you to the class by myself and I'm going to sit you down and get you a cup of coffee and you're going to be good. If you have not taken next steps, that is faith in action. Amen. I just encourage you to get involved a little bit more. By the way, my name is Rob and I'm your friend and I'm in charge of ushers. By the way, my name is Rob and I'm in charge of ushers. A little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. We want to see you grow. Amen. Wouldn't you like to see yourself grow a little bit more and learn a little bit more about forgiveness? About maybe speaking to a relative that you haven't spoken to in years because of a little tango and learn what it means about forgiving and moving forward. That's faith driven. Amen. Are y'all good with that? If you want to go with the crowd, if you want to choose the crowd, the next one is conformity. Conformity is powerful. This is where people have a lack of belonging. They have a need for acceptance. And peer pressure suffocates them to no end. And they feel like they have to conform to everything about the crowds. It could be friends, it could be co-workers, and they feel like they have to fit in because they don't feel like they fit in anywhere. I said conformity is powerful, but let me tell you, when you choose Christ, the cross is more powerful than conformity. Amen? In Ephesians 2, it says this, But now you belong to Christ Jesus, and though you were once far away from God, now you have been brought very near to Him because of what Jesus Christ has done for you with 
his blood. You see, when you choose Christ instead of the crowd, what you receive is not just eternal life. But you receive an inheritance with the blood of Christ that was shed on Mount Calvary. I like this quote. It says, the person who follows the crowd will usually go no further than the crowd. But if you choose Christ, let me tell you, you will go to depths and you will learn more about yourself and become transformed. Are you going to be perfect? No. But you're going to keep learning and you're going to keep learning and you're going to keep learning. Amen? I'm 60. And I know you're shocked by that number. But I need to continue to learn and learn and learn. That's why I immerse myself almost every morning listening to a podcast, listening to a sermon, listening, listening to worship, filling my being with everything that I can get my hands on. Does that make sense? And, and of course, reading, reading the Word of God. I just feel like I can't stop learning because I've chosen Christ over the crowns. If we choose the crowd, then what happens is we do a life inventory that reveals hmm, plenty about ourselves. It reveals that we have lack of direction and we have lack of purpose. Because what we do is we'll attach ourselves to a group or to a crowd or to maybe a circle of friends. They may have a purpose and all of a sudden that purpose becomes our purpose. And it's not the right purpose. Amen. Not trying to step on some heels here, but that's the reality of where we are. And I see it a lot in young people. They're floating around and have no clue where they are in life. They don't know what their next step should be. They don't know if they should go here, go here, go get a job here, go to this city. They're just floundering around and have no clue what their purpose in life is. And sadly, I see it in adults as well. Do you see it like I see it? There's so much drawing the, the purpose attention out of someone's life that they feel like they just have to simply yoke up with a group and just attach themselves. Well, that purpose is going to be my purpose. Am I talking to the right crowd tonight? Do y'all you, you see where we're going with this? But on the other side of the coin, if you choose Christ, you were created for purpose. I talked to someone recently. And they said, I don't know what my purpose in life is. That's a very common statement, and it could be yours. I want you to leave here tonight knowing what your purpose is. Immediately, we, we switch to, oh, it's got to be my talent. Well, if my talent is putting garland on the front of this stage, What, 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 you know what I'm saying? But a lot of people get hung up with this word purpose in life. They attach it to a title. They've got to attach it to maybe something that they have to be great at and perfect at. 
But I'd like to share something that the Apostle Paul said, and it says in this, in 2 Timothy 1, in verses 1 through 3, it says this, How I thank God for you, Timothy. This is a good thing. He says, I pray for you every day and many times during the long nights. Wouldn't you like to have a friend that does that? Who in the crowd would do that for you, right? But he goes on. He says, I beg my God to bless you richly. I want somebody like that in my life. He is my father's God and mine. And look what he says. And my only purpose in life is to please him. There you go. There's your purpose. It doesn't have to be attached to a serve team. It doesn't have to be attached to maybe a craft that you're good at, or maybe you're good with your hands or your voice. It's just simply attached to him. And it says, he says, my goal in life is just to please him. That's my purpose in life. You were created to please him. Amen. So you can walk out of here tonight knowing what your purpose is. Now, if you want to further that, let me just give a shout out to Next Steps. Have I said that we have Next Steps? You see, in Next Steps, you might find out that maybe my name is Rob and I need ushers because I'm in charge of ushers. Have, have you heard that yet? But your purpose in life is just simply to please Him. So if you've been struggling, I hope that that gave you some freedom right there. Amen? You see, if you follow the crowd, you're not going to get that kind of freedom. But if you follow Christ, you're going to get freedom in areas of your life that you need some help in. Wow, it's getting quiet in here. You see, if you choose the crowd, you're amongst everybody else. You blend in. You become easily influenced. It's like you're wearing a camo pattern amongst the woods and they can't see you. Do you know that there are different camo patterns for different areas of the country? So no, no matter where you land, you're just simply blending in. And that's what happens if we're with the crowd, we just simply blend in. But. If we choose Christ, let me just let you know, let me give you a warning, warning, warning. Sometimes you find yourself by yourself. Sometimes you're going to stand out and just be so different than everybody else. Like at the holiday time, right? Oh, you must be a Christian, you know, kind of a thing. Ever had that happen in your family? Come on, let me see. But when you choose Christ, what happens? You'll find yourself by yourself. It could be very awkward, but it's not awkward for Jesus Christ in you. Look what he says in 1 Peter 2.9. He says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into wonderful, into his wonderful light. You see, when you take a stand, when you take and, and you say, I'm all in for Christ, I'm not going to hang around that crowd anymore or be influenced. I'm not going to blend in anymore. What happens is you stick out like a sore throne. 
because you're not talking like you used to. You're not doing things like you used to. There's a different speech in you. There's a different glow around you. And people recognize that. And so when you make the choice for Christ. It can be lonely at times. Amen. But I want to let you know that you're not alone because you have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit with you wherever you go. I, I just hope you, you know that, right? So if ever you find yourself alone and you're by yourself at work and your co-workers think you're nutty because you have your Bible out and open at your, at your break time or your lunch time, all you got to do is say, hey, I, I'm, it's okay. I'm not alone. I got the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. You want to learn about them? They will turn around and see you later, buddy. How many of you kind of stick out like a sore thumb at work? Listen, that's where God wants you. He doesn't want you in the in crowd. He wants you sometimes by yourself working on you, taking a stand for him. Amen. Sometimes when we choose the crowd, the crowd is often wrong. Let me give you some wrongs. After the flood, the crowd wanted to build a city and a tower. Days of Abraham, the crowd worshipped idols. Days of Moses, the crowd worshipped the golden calf. Days of Joshua and Caleb. Out of the 12 spies, they were the only ones that said we should take the land. The majority, the other 10 said, nah, we can do without. Days of Daniel, the crowd bowed down to the statue of King Nebuchadnezzar. Pilate even followed the crowd because the crowd yelled, crucify him. All wrong. But if you choose Christ, he's never wrong. Second Samuel 22, verse 31 says, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is flawless. Isn't that awesome? Do you see the difference in the crowd versus choosing Christ? Can I just give you Two principles here. Number one, don't follow the crowd. Amen. As opposed to, this is what I'd like for you to do. Let the crowd follow you. Amen. You be the change agent at your work. You be the one to take a stand for Christ if they're uttering profanity or something that is not a pleasing to Him. You stand up and say, you know what, that joke, mm, don't agree with it. I'd rather you, you not say it. Is it difficult? Is it hard? Is it intimidating sometimes when you got to take a stand by yourself? Yes. But you know what's going to happen? There's going to be somebody, somebody, somebody 
that's going to come to you and say, hey, man, I'm, I'm on your side. I've been kind of a closet Christian now. And now that there's more than me and, you know, it's you and I. Hey, can we have a Bible study tomorrow? That's what happens. Or what they're going to do is they're going to say, you go to church? Yes, I do. Hey, would you pray for me? Yes, I would. You see, that's what choosing Christ will do. It'll put you in positions to where people begin to follow you. Amen. I had the wonderful pleasure of doing a funeral service in my hometown for a cousin of mine. Um, he and I had some great conversations when he was in the hospital, actually here in Lafayette. And we talked about the Lord and I just ministered to him as best as I could. He He knew. I knew and his wife knew. But I just wanted to make sure. And of course, our family is predominantly Catholic. So when he passed, his wife called and said, hey, would you do the funeral? And I said, I would be honored. Well, of course, when you go back home to do a funeral and everyone knows you, it can be a little intimidating. But I looked at it as an opportunity. And of course, all of my family is predominantly Catholic. And um, even my cousin's mom, she wanted the Catholic priest to come do it. But his wife kind of put her foot down and said, no, uh, Rob's going to do it. And of course, she's she's my cousin too, and she was okay with it. Here's the cool thing. After I did the service, I had three of my cousins come up to me and say, hey, would you do my funeral? <laughs> That's what happens when you follow and make a choice for Christ. Those supernatural things begin to happen in your life. You, you know what I'm saying? Am I preaching to the right crowd here tonight? And what happens is people will begin to follow you and begin to ask questions. Have you ever had someone ask questions about your faith? And you know what? It's okay to say, man, that question I don't know, but I'll get the answer for it. But you know, there are a lot of questions that you can answer. And all you got to do is just share what's on your heart in your testimony. See, it's different than mine. And so when you get, look, we have the holidays coming up. How many of you have family coming? It can be a little, hmm, a little dicey, can it? But I, I just pray, and I want to pray. We're going we're gonna to conclude right here. I just want to pray that God would use you so that you would not follow the crowd, but you would follow Christ this holiday season. And just be an example for Christ. You don't have to break out your Bible and, and start singing the hallelujahs and, and quoting Psalms and Proverbs. Just be you, but be you as a follower of Christ. Amen. And if they begin to ask questions, that's what you want. Of course, when my family said, hey, would you do my funeral? I said, I would love to. I think it's a testimony of not just 
being so tied into the crowds. Amen. See, we don't want to wind up like the Israelites. They did get a king. His name was Saul. And they did go through a lot of turmoil. If you continue and read the life of Saul and his assault on David and the dysfunction in his family, that's incredible. But also the dysfunction in the Israelites. All because they wanted to follow the crowd. All because they wanted to be like everyone else. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live that way. Do you? I think most of them lived a life of defeat. As I said, there was turmoil, there was dysfunction. All because they chose the crowd over the Christ. If you would, please stand with me. Again, if you want copies of this, I don't have many, maybe 30 or so. You're more than welcome. I just want to pray over you, uh, especially in this time of the holiday season as we're literally nearing. It's, it's uh, what, a week and a half. You may have some family members that are coming in, and maybe, maybe this could, could help you a little bit, right? Maybe it could help you tomorrow. I just want you to bow your head with me. Father, I just pray that uh, tonight's word, Lord, has echoed what you wanted us to hear. And that is, Lord, we have a choice. We can either choose the crowd or we can choose the Christ. And so, Lord, I just pray that somehow that the examples that we shared and, and what, what the crowd looks like versus what following Jesus looks like would somehow get deep down inside of us to cause us, Lord, to take a little bit of a faith step. Maybe that faith step tonight is choosing Christ for the very first time. You say, Rob, I've, I've followed the crowd for, for way too long. I just wanted to fit in. I wanted to blend in. I wanted to look like everyone else. I wanted to talk like everyone else. And I haven't made a choice for Christ. Well, let me tell you, when you make a choice for Christ, it will be by far the best choice and decision you've ever made in your life. Maybe, maybe you haven't thought about heaven or hell. Maybe, maybe that's been kind of rattling in your, your, your mind a little bit in your heart. And you would say, Rob, would you pray for me? Because tonight I would like to make that choice. If that is you, I just want you to slip up your hand. Because I would like to pray for you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Well, if only one hand is raised, by goodness, maybe. Oh, I see another hand. You see, that, that is the best choice that you can make. And I just want us to pray together as a community of believers, 
as these two folks have raised their hand to receive Christ for the very first time. And it's just a very simple prayer, but it's, it's a surrender. It's, it's about yielding yourself to the creator of this world. And so let's all pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender myself to you tonight. Accept me into your heart. I love you and I choose you tonight to receive eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now you may say, by the lifting of your hands, Rob, that man, I, I've been following the crowd instead of Christ. If that is you, I just want to pray for you. Just be honest and lift your hands. You say, man, I have been following the wrong crowds and, and I need to kind of maybe get a new circle of friends. Maybe I need to just have one friend, and that is the name of Jesus Christ. I just want to pray for all of us. So if you would, just bow your head. Father, I pray that tonight's message would ring loud in our spirits as we go. Because, Lord, it is you who has saved us, who has sanctified us, who has made us in your image. And so, Lord, like the Apostle Paul said, I know what my purpose is. My purpose is to please you, not to please the crowd. And so tonight I declare, and we declare as a congregation, that we will step aside and say, crowd, no more. But Christ, yes, more. I pray that you help us, you direct us, you give us wisdom. Lord, you even impart your wisdom as we go and take part not only in this Sunday, but Lord, the following Saturday when we celebrate your birth. I pray that you help us around our family. Lord, that every step of the way that we will choose Christ and not be caught up in being one of the crowd. And so, Lord, I pray your favor. May your face shine upon this congregation and the people watching online. For it's in your precious and holy name that we pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. Well, thank y'all for coming. We'll see you Sunday. And uh, Lord willing, we're going to see a bunch of people saved. Amen.